How's it going, everybody? This is me again, Chewie, one of the hosts of the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And I am once again joined by my good friend, Monica. Hi, guys. I know you can hear the dogs barking in the background. I think the sprinklers just turned on, so they're going nuts. Um, I'm also almost done devouring a tiny bag of hot Cheetos, so yay me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things in life that bring you the most pleasure, my friend. Oh, yeah. So much happiness in a tiny bag. <laughs> so we are recording on a different day than we normally do, but that's cool. I, I like having conversations with you, my friend, any time of the week. Thanks. <laughs> we are accommodating for some things that came up in our personal lives, but that's cool because we uh, have still a lot to say about the topic at hand for this episode. But in the meantime, I was saying, Monica, I went shopping and it was like super hot and I was like, nope, not today. And I came back home after like an hour, dude. I was like, nope. Maybe two it hours. Was like an oven out there? Yeah, the temperature I think was about 100 degrees, but it felt like about 120 with the heat index. <laughs> so. Was it humid too, or just like dry heat? No, it didn't feel humid like it normally does. It felt like a little bit dry today. Wow. I don't know why. So like I, an oven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, uh, yeah, it was, it was mighty uncomfortable out there. But yeah, you know, that, that was about... I was, by the way, I was off from work today, so... Nice. I was messing around with, I don't know, I, I don't think I told you, I bought a new guitar. <laughs> yeah, you did tell me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, so I did tell you. Your new child. Mm-hmm. Yes. My, yeah, well, <laughs> I told you the story behind that. Some people that I know, friends of mine, are making their families grow, if you get what I mean. And so I was like, I'm going to make my family grow, and I bought myself a guitar. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I'm really happy with it. It sounds awesome. I am really happy. I am really happy. i can tell (laughs) it is an awesome instrument so before Mm -hmm. we move on let's go ahead and remind our listeners monica of her social media accounts we have our facebook under exploring the myths behind the legends and we have our instagram under myths behind lgds our twitter is myths behind lgds and you can also email us at myths behind legends at gmail.com awesome and we have our letterboxd as a myths behind lgds and on letterbox you can open a profile you can read reviews of movies by other people you can like the reviews dislike the reviews make lists of movies you like that you don't like etc so we have a watch this under if you want to recommend a movie from that list that we have or if you want us to maybe consider adding another one of your preference we can do that as well maybe look into it and see what happens and we have monica's favorite moment of the entire episode Yes! <laughs> Monica is happy for other reasons. Well, you, you can say because you're in California, so. Yeah, you know, charging my handy dandy ganja pen. So, <laughs> it's not working for some reason. I'm like gonna end up losing all my lung air. I don't know, whatever. What? As you were. <laughs> <laughs> carry on, Jimmy, carry on. Uh, so, we have our website under. Myths hyphen behind hyphen legends dot dot com. It works now. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you like bobbing your head like along with the track, and you know what? We should do a remix with that song that you were playing earlier for me. Oh yeah! You know what? <laughs> I wonder if you're playing on my phone. Hold up, guys. Well, Hold I don't up. know if we can play that for copyright reasons, but I mean. Aww. It's you know it's that, it's that one song that Mexican song that they play in uh, on those TikTok trends 
and people are like clapping from one to the other with like somebody behind them clapping on the opposite. It's that song. If you guys know what it is, then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, if not, I can make my own cumbia and, and put the, the website URL to, to that beat. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I shall look into that, my friend. I told you we're going to work on remixes for that little <laughs> website thing. So what is, Monica, the topic of our episode for this time? We are going to be talking about one of the sexiest vampire movies of our generation, Queen of the Damned. Nice. I agree with you on a couple things, but I will go more in depth in the critique segment as to my opinion of that film. But quick summary, like just a couple of sentences here for us. Summarize the plot or, you know... Yeah, so it's about the vampire Lestat and basically how he differed from other vampires. He always longed to be part of the human world and, you know, he meets this super sexy um, Egyptian vampireess, vampireess, vampira, and uh, she ends up like coming back to life, to the world. And kind of makes him choose between humans and the possibilities of what he could accomplish with her as her king. Nice. I think that summarizes mm -hmm. the, the plots pretty succinctly there, my friend. So, Gracias. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our intro segment. And we'll be right back with our critique segment in which we will, like I mentioned earlier, talk about the details of this movie more in depth. We'll be right back. everybody so we are now with the critique segment in which we talk about the technical aspects of the movie the cgi the sound design the soundtrack the acting etc 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 so monica i want to give you the honors of starting our episode or a critique segment on this <laughs> oh, 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 i am interrupting you i see i am interrupting you so let me start <laughs> yes I, I hear your papers moving so i know what you're up to uh <laughs> Alright, so allow me to start then. So, last week when I talked about this movie, I was kind of hyped, like, hyped up about it. Hmm? Because I remember watching it when I was younger, and I, I haven't seen this movie in forever. I think the last time that I saw it I was in college. Like, ugh, I don't even want to say how long ago that was. But 15 years ago, plus or minus. <clears throat> so, <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I remember that I liked it back then. I, I thought it was a pretty cool movie. I mean, and the idea, the plot of the movie is pretty interesting I think uh-huh but I don't think it aged as good as I thought it had me personally why I remember this movie being better than it or I don't know what like if I was in a bad mood I, I don't feel like I was in a bad mood yesterday when I watched it hmm. but I felt like it was lacking in in, in some parts it was weak and I, I would say the acting I felt the guy that played the start 
I've always thought that guy was kind of a douchey actor. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Man. I've seen him in a couple other movies. I think he came out in... The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Exactly, yes. He came out in that one. He plays a character similar to this, kind of like a, like a stuck-up, like nobleman type of he, person. Oh, yeah. He plays Dorian Gray. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, in that movie, he's also kind of like douchey. And I don't know, this one, he kind of just seemed like, like a little... Like a teenager type of thing. I mean, I guess that was the whole point, maybe. Mm -hmm. Because it's about the vampire that start struggling with trying to find his place in life or in the world. Yeah. Basically, but... As an but I feel like his acting was a little bit too much. Sometimes, like he overdid it, you know, for the most part. I think in pretty much all his scenes, I think he was like too much. Hmm. I don't know how you feel about that. I think you're being a hater. You think so? Yeah. Honestly, I think obviously it's not like superb acting. Like it was okay. Like his acting was okay, but it wasn't bad. And I think that obviously he could have portrayed the character a little bit better but i don't know man like i think he did pretty good like he captured the whole essence of him being entitled like because he he became immortal so he thinks he's above everything like so he did a pretty good job at coming off as a douchebag because he kind of was you know and he was he was a little like egoistic egotistical and like what's the word like Pompous, I guess. Oh, yeah, pompous. Conceited. I was gonna yeah. Say. I mean, but that's... I mean, he became a freaking rock star, dude. Like, he, he kind <laughs> of, like, had to be a dick sometimes. Like, <laughs> that's that's how, you know, they come off as. So, I, I think he did pretty good. Some of the, the lines were delivered a little, like, a little dry or, like, forced mm -hmm. at some points. Even the girl, the main girl, um, Jessie. But it got better. I mean, it wasn't bad. I liked it. I really liked it. Yeah, I thought her acting, I mean, uh, was a little bit... I think she held back a little bit. I, I think... Yeah. <laughs> he, for, in my opinion, overdid it in, in most of his scenes, and I think she kind of underperformed. Like, she could have uh, put a little bit more behind the role. I mean, I'm not, that, I'm not saying it was terrible, mm -hmm. but I feel like she could have done a little more with that role. I mean, it's a pretty interesting idea of her being like this, like, paranormal investigator in a, like a secret society type of thing mm -hmm. and she kind of left me wanting more but we'll come back to her in a minute oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and you brought up the point of let's stop becoming a rock star and to me i've never been a fan of, of new metal which is kind of like the main music that he was playing or, or kind of goth rock whatever i love it <laughs> <laughs> as i've gotten older i've come to appreciate some of that stuff but even now i don't feel like i would ever be a fan of any of those bands like i, I don't really oh let me get the you know the the Marilyn manson cd or let me get the corn cd i don't think i would ever do that or even listen to it on spotify or youtube or whatever but cds please? yeah what what are cds <laughs> <laughs> oh i forgot we're living in the modern Relics? world excuse me yeah I, I'm, I'm a fossil of the the 80s here <laughs> so hey, hey you guys had tapes we got the t the freaking cds the 90s kids got the cds i remember when my dad had eight tracks they were like the huge like tapes mm -mm. Mm -hmm. huge tapes that only had eight songs in this whole they were called eight tracks <laughs> yeah i saw one for the first time in my life at a thrift store near my house the other day i was like oh that's what these are <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah i remember my dad had a big collection of those and he had he moved the tapes and I think he's finally getting to CDs now. 
<laughs> which is why well, that, you know cds because i he bought some cds earlier and i was like okay that like uh he bought like a cd player also for like 10 bucks at walmart <laughs> like an actual not like a personal cd player but with headphones but like a little stereo with like the radio stations and everything that like you, you can tune to the mm-hmm. radio so. yeah good times good times <laughs> <laughs> but if Lestat thinks that new metal is the pinnacle of music, I want to, like, say his taste is kind of questionable. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's catering to, like, emo and, like, goth kids. So I think it was perfect. Because but... this, this guy was asleep for, like, I don't know how many years. So he missed the 70s, the 80s, all this awesome mm-hmm. music, the 90s even. I mean, they had, yeah. I think, a lot of good music. But then when he got to, when I, I mean, I, I, maybe I just hate, <laughs> or, like, still, like, have a... A remnant of my high school days when I didn't like any of that stuff because I hated it. I, I hated all that stuff because it was like super popular. And you know me, I, I, I don't know why it is that I don't get into stuff that's popular very mm-hmm. easily for some reason. It's not that I do it on purpose. Oh, because you're a cool kid. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> you don't conform. Just so hipster way. <laughs> so hipster. Bien hipster way. Pero. No, it's always been like that for some reason. Um. I don't know why it is, and it, I don't do it on purpose, like I said. It, I do get into stuff that's popular. I got into The Walking Dead when it came out. I love that show, I guess. I guess because it was about zombies. Mm-hmm. But a lot of other shows, I've never seen a single episode of a lot of shows, and, and people are going to kill me, but I've never seen The Office. <gasps> I've never seen Parks and Rec. I've never seen Game of Thrones. And I, I, There's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that I haven't seen. How so, are we friends, dude? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> because I am awesome. That's why I am. <laughs> <laughs> you make up for it. I, I'll give you that. And so are you, my friends. So, going into the movie, or again, the special effects, I don't think that age well. Again, that's another thing that I, yeah. I, I thought was a little, like, I thought it looked really cool back then, but now that I saw, like, the little, whenever they they flew into the air or they, like, mm-hmm. did some sort of vampire maneuvers, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that little shadow effect, that kind of, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. no, dude, like, no, this looks kind of like sci-fi channel stuff. <laughs> like, but you know what? They do the same thing in, like, Smallville, um, when that show came out, well, I mean, I guess it was also in the 2000s, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even, like, The Flash now, like, it's a new, pretty new show. They do that there, too. And, I mean, obviously, the budget's probably not that big. That's why that happened. And back then, that was, like, top-tier effects, yeah. dude. Like, um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like <laughs> I feel like they also used it in uh, Twilight, but it was a little more sophisticated. <laughs> Just a tad. But um, I, I mean, they were a little like corny, I guess. But I, I mean, I didn't care because this movie was from it's from two thousand two. I was twelve years old, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, I, we didn't know like that there could be better. So <laughs> all the movies that we see that have special effects from back then are always going to be weird because like. Especially if they used a lot of it. Because we've seen movies where they, like, they used special effects, but they weren't that... They were kind of subtle, so it didn't really mm-hmm. improve the movie, like, negatively, I guess. Um, and it was easier not to mock it. But now, like, yeah. Yeah, I really doubt this movie had the budget of, like, Terminator 2 or Jurassic Park. Because those movies, the special effects from, like, 30 years ago, I think they still hold up really, really well. Yeah. But that's because they had, like, all the millions of dollars from, like, Steven Spielberg and, you know, all those directors, you know, so... Yeah, but they also had different types of effects. Like it wasn't. Yeah, this one. Yeah, it was a little bit weird. And then also when like she said the when the vampire queen of the damned. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. when she set the vampires on fire. That also kind of looked. I mean, that, that that looked better than the flying effect, whatever. Yeah, it did. I guess because you know you know what it is. I think it's because I was watching this movie for the first time in HD. Oh, that I hate watching stuff in HD because it ruins everything. Yeah, like it's an HD screen. All imperfections. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. I, I was watching this on, on and I, I mean I don't have a great TV. Like my TV is not even 4K or anything. It's, it's, I bought my TV about seven eight years ago, maybe. It's not even a smart TV for that matter. But I feel like that is enough to to kind of like you said accentuate all the imperfections and the special effects. And I think that's what happened. Like I, I'm realizing this right now as so I'm speaking to you. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why I think the special effects were like, eh. <laughs> yeah, and I was watching the TV. So my TV's not like super big. From the couch, I'm watching it. I don't really notice a lot of the, the bad stuff. Also, I don't know if my TV's in like HD. I don't, I don't think it is. But I mean, and mine's a smart TV. So I don't know if that's like a setting that's already default. I think so. I mean, I think if a TV's a smart TV, it should be like HD-ish. I well, think- maybe because my vision is not that great. I, I'm wearing glasses. <laughs> But my vision's never been too good, so to me it was pretty freaking awesome. Like, I mean, obviously, like the the flying and all that was was a little much. But I mean, the fire was pretty cool, and that, I think that was the only effects that they had—just the flying, the fire, and the crawling on the walls. Yeah, and they had a couple scenes where at the very end where they they kind of where, where the queen dies, and then when the other lady turns to stone. Oh. That part. Oh my god. Yeah, well. Okay, that part I was just kind of like, okay guys, one minute, less than, like seconds would have been better than a whole freaking two minutes just of her turning into ash and then just, you know, dispersing oh, yeah. into the air. Like, I was like, we get it. She's dying. It was like this studio had just gotten to use that type of special effects for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else had that yet. So they like went overboard trying to show off everything it could do. Yeah. And that's why it was the way it was, like in that scene specifically. Uh, yeah, I think that was really, really, really drawn out. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It was too much. And that, that whole sequence is is interesting. Like at the very end when they all meet up and, and they fight. They have like a little fight, but it's not even a fight. It's like a little like scuffle. I know. It was <laughs> it was it was kind of weak. I I would have expected more like you know karate chops and like. Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll come back to that in a minute, because I, I want to talk about um, who gets the Bay Award for this movie. <laughs> who gets the Bay Award? <laughs> I, I'm going to say that, I mean, it, it, it was definitely the, the Queen of the Amp. I think she was, like, really, really <laughs> gorgeous. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, if you're not familiar with who, who this, this person is, Aaliyah, she passed away right before, this, or a few months before this movie was released. Rest in peace, Queen. Yeah, she was a great R&B singer. Mm-hmm. I, and actress. And actress, yeah. She was barely breaking out as, as, a, as an actress. Because mm-hmm. before this movie, she had come out in Romeo Must Die, I believe it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like kind of like a martial arts movie mixed with like urban hip-hop setting type of thing. The, yeah, it was like in a club scene, right? That's the... Yeah, it was about like like the... Yeah. I don't know if it was like the Chinese mafia or whatever, but like, you know, some people mm-hmm. that, like like organized crime like from, from China, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That were fighting people that, that I guess own a club like like a really rich family, mm-hmm. like a hip hop club type of thing. So she had come out in that movie and then she came out in this one, but like I said, unfortunately she passed away in, in a plane accident. Yeah. I want to say maybe like three four months before this movie was released, and it's kind of a shame because from what I read, 
when I was looking into the information for, for that, it happened because they had gotten a smaller plane that they actually needed to travel. Mm -hmm. So the plane was overloaded with like all their luggage and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it was also not in the best condition, apparently. They found out after the, the fact that the, the plane has had some malfunctions. And also, the pilot was intoxicated, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a shame, dude. But, I mean, in this movie, she looks really good. I think she performs well. She plays, like you said, an Egyptian queen. Mm-hmm. And I think she does pretty good. I mean, she looks she looks gorgeous. She looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, she kind of moves like a snake. Kind of like she, she has, uh, has like a little sway to it, and it looks really cool. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it's super sexy. I was like, damn. Yeah, dude, definitely. And of course, Jesse gets a, a close second place, the little librarian girl, because that's what I go for, dude. That's like my 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 type, <laughs> right there. Like the nervous, yeah. <laughs> Bookworms. Yeah, I like people that are smart and I can talk to, and like that actually speak in coherent sentences, you know. Hmm. <laughs> That I can talk to about a book or something, you know, that, that makes you sound, I guess, old-fashioned. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she's also really pretty. Like when she dresses like like a goth for the show, for the concert, she looks really pretty. That scene. Yeah. Like. So all in all, Akasha, the Queen of the Damned, gets the Bay Award. So yay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's what I was gonna pick too. All right. Cool. And now to the the sound design, the score. I thought the score was pretty cool. It had like a lot of Middle Eastern melodies, exotic mm -hmm. type of stuff. And I really like that because it sounds different from the music that we hear for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's really cool when they incorporate that kind of music or melodies into the, the songs. So before you continue, I also feel like those sounds were also found in the new music, like the corn music. Yeah. Like, so it was like it, it, it blended very well. And I, I really appreciated that. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, and it's cool that you bring that up because actually the, the, the guy from Korn, the singer from Korn, is the one that had the writing credits for the songs for the rock songs. Yeah. Not for the score, for the Middle Eastern stuff. Like that's, that's yeah. That was a different person, I think. Mm -hmm. But he was in charge of writing the, the music for the, for Lestat, for his band, like, I guess. Mm -hmm. and, but there's actually a funny story behind that. He wrote the music. He sang the songs for the movie. Yeah. Uh, I think his name is John Davis from, from Korn. Mm-hmm. But he was contractually forbidden by his record company to release those on the soundtrack. What? So they had to get different people to sing those songs for the soundtrack. If you buy the soundtrack, it's not his voice. Huh. I mean, that's kind of crazy. I mean, I guess that's how record companies work. I mean, they, he could work on it, but mm -hmm. he couldn't publish it as his own voice. Damn, dude. Just... Guess who might have been some of the people that... Because there's different people that sang those songs. Not just one person. Mm -hmm. It was different people. So take a guess of one or two names of people that you think might have sung these songs. They're actually pretty famous. Was it the guy from System of a Down? Okay, what's the other one? Somebody from Disturbed. Okay, you got one of those right. You got the guy from Disturbed. He was he sang one of those songs. Actually, okay. they used a Disturbed song in, in, the, in the... Yeah, there is. In the soundtrack mm -hmm. also, but... The guy's name, David, he wrote, he, he didn't write, he, he sang one of the songs instead of John Davis. He was one of them. Uh -huh. Also, Marilyn Manson. Oh, okay. Sang yeah. a song. And then also Chester from Linkin Park, mm -hmm. who was also passed away. Rest in peace, sir. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the last one is uh, Wayne Static, who, by the way, also passed away. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Wow, dude. <laughs> yeah, Wayne Static passed away a few years ago. I think he was sick from something I, I i i mean 
somebody from work likes his music, so that's how I found out that he had passed away. Oh, okay. A few years ago. But, yeah, so it was Marilyn Manson, David from Disturbed, and Chester and Wayne Static. Mm-hmm. That replaced John Jonathan Davis is the guy's name, sorry. Not John, but Jonathan. Jonathan Davis. Uh, so they sang instead of him in the soundtrack. So when you buy the, the CD or... or <laughs> I keep coming back to that. When you buy a CD, when you listen to the soundtrack on Spotify or any other streaming service, you will find that it's not his voice anymore. It's some other person's. Damn. So at the end, coming back to Jesse, my librarian goth babe. <laughs> She decided to become a vampire, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She decided to actually go through with it. So why do you think she chose that? I mean, I, I knew she implied it during the course of the movie. She mentioned to us that I, I want to be like, I want to know what you know. I want to see what it's like, whatever. Yeah. But then there's a scene where he feeds in somebody like, in a park. Mm-hmm. And she gets all scared and runs away. But at the very end, I guess she changed her mind again. Yeah. It's because I think that, like, she's... She grew up around them, so she probably a part of her always wanted to belong, and that's why she wanted. Like, of course, it's scary. Like, the reality of the fantasy that she had is scary and it's violent. Probably not what she wanted it to be, but ultimately, that's where she felt she belonged. Is why she wanted it. Yeah, because in the beginning, she, she there's voiceovers in this movie, like from different people, different characters. She's the first one. She is shown as a child mm-hmm. waking up in this lavish, exotic mansion. Mm-hmm. And she goes up and meets with one of the people, I guess the, the vampire, the older vampires, I think they're called, mm-hmm. who turns out to be her aunt. Yeah. And then her aunt sends her away because she doesn't want her to be a part of that life, at least not in that <laughs> at that age. I think she um, decided to kind of go in that direction. And now, now, now that she knew what it was about... And then she was older and she could make her own decision. I guess she jumped in that wagon, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. So I guess she became Lestat's queen or something? Mm-hmm. His lifetime partner. Have you ever read any of the books, by the way? I haven't, but I have some of them. I just haven't read them yet. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they've been around for a long time, but I never, I never really read them i have never read a single book for this series either i i think they started coming out in the like in the early 80s maybe like mm-hmm. around the time that i was born maybe <laughs> yeah and i think some of them were still coming out as of like five or six years ago i think she released one also like or maybe even more recently than that but i've never read any of those, those books and I'm, I'm i'm intrigued I, i'm gonna try to pick one up soon Try to pick one of those books up soon. <laughs> Can't speak today. <laughs> so, what do you get, or what do you give, rather, this movie on our grading scale? And today the units are Ancient Vampires with Teen Goth Complex. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven? All right. Mm-hmm. I was gonna go a little lower than you, and I, I, I gotta, well, you kind of brought up some good points, and I realized that the HD kind of messed up my experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a, a couple extra points and give it a six. I was gonna give it like a four or a five. Okay. But I'll give it a six today because you brought up some good points, and also, like I said, the visual experience was hampered by my technology. 
Damn technology. Yeah, so that would be a six and a half out of ten ancient vampires with a teen goth complex. Sweet. <laughs> so you got any final comments, my friend, before we move on to the academic segment? No. So would you recommend this movie to somebody that has never seen a vampire movie or like from this time period, I guess? Yes. Because there were other ones, and this is one of the, like, the ones that was making big waves back then. I remember it came out, I think, the summer after I finished high school or right before I finished high school. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think I, I love this movie. And, like, the only reason I don't give it, like, a 10 is because of, like, a little bit of the acting and then the special effects. But other than that, the story's freaking cool. I like it. Um, the soundtrack is freaking awesome. I love that. It just made me want to listen to Corn again. Like, <laughs> I just, I, that band was one of my favorite bands when I was in middle school. So, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. How are we friends indeed, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of life's crazy mysteries, I guess. So, yeah, let's uh, go ahead and take a little break here. And the academic segment will be on after these messages. What's up, dudes? I'm Jerry D. of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, books, fashion, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, he's got it covered. Wait, is there a lot of things to talk about for the 80s and Christmas? Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooge, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas Special. Plus classics shown every year. You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever, like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gagging with the Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle, and Chant with the Littles. So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories. Later, dudes. All right, everybody. So we are now at the academic segment in which Monica and I talk about something from real life or history or something along those lines that <laughs> connects to the topic at hand of this episode. And I think I forgot to send you the notes for this one, right? Yes. I didn't email you the notes. Shame on me. So <laughs> I found out about a goddess from ancient Egypt mm -hmm. that may have been a very loose inspiration for the Queen of the Damned herself. Okay. So I decided to kind of share this information with our audience, Monica. And you now, because I didn't send you the notes. <laughs> <laughs> so I found this on a website called Ranker.com and I hope these things are correct because, you know, it's it sounds like kind of like a blog type of thing I, mean, I don't know but but i found this here and i'll share it with you guys and if it's wrong or not correct or off base whatever please do let us know i'm just relaying information here for you <laughs> so the goddess in question her name was i hope i'm saying this correctly i, I probably am not but her name was sekhmet and okay. sekhmet was a cat face goddess i really like her who has been connected to horror and pop culture genres like references to her she was the goddess of war in ancient Egypt. And she may have been the catalyst for the vampire legend along 
those territories. Before we got to like the ancient European, like not ancient Europeans, but like the like the European noblemen of like the 1600s, whatever, like, like that. The the way that we think of vampires, like Dracula and stuff like that, and big mm-hmm. castles, they already considered her kind of like a vampiric like creature in ancient Egypt. So, what do you think about that? I mean, that's pretty cool that this traces back like that, like that that far back. I was watching Ancient Aliens with my boyfriend the other day. And they were talking about how to the people from that time who hadn't seen, like, technology or, like, I guess were not aware of the things that we know now, like how the weather works and all that, mm-hmm. that could have led them to believe that a god was controlling all that stuff or that that was a god of lightning and like, whatever. Uh, or that some people had powers, right, because they could, they just got lucky, you uh-huh. know? So what do you think that, like, let's say vampires are fake or real, whatever, whatever you want to believe. I don't think vampires exist, but let's say that they do, or we think they do. What would have led somebody to think that somebody was a vampire, like a cannibal? Perhaps. Right? That makes the most sense to me. Somebody that was seen by somebody else eating, like, a person. Uh Uh-huh. I think. But, like, where did the the fangs come from? Maybe that's kind of, like, something that people started visualizing as, as stories got told, I guess, from person to person, from village to village, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's always details that get added for dramatic effect or so, somebody mis- mishears something or somebody's, like... We all play that game of telephone at school, dude. The yeah, bro- the broken telephone. True. Basically, if you're not, if you haven't, because you're not cool like we are. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you get a whole bunch of people. In in this case, it was students. You know, us in school. So, about five or six to start off with, and somebody, which is usually the teacher, would say. So you you put them in line. You put them in line or in a circle or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so the teacher would say a phrase or a sentence to one of us. Mm-hmm. But he would whisper it in their ear. Yeah. Or she would whisper it in their ear. So so they would whisper the this phrase or, or whatever it was into this person's ear. Mm-hmm. And then this person's task was to relay that information to the person next to them. Mm-hmm. And so on and so forth. So the teacher could have said something like, I have a blue car. But it was like, I have a blue car. Right? Uh-huh. And by the time you get to the last person, it could have been like, I have a black cat. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, 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 I mean, and that's that's still kind of a close, because blue and black kind of sound the same, and car and cat kind of sound, but it's crazy how things would get distorted. Like, I mean, I remember, or I mean, not specifically what was said, but I remember like, that things would change quite a bit. The teacher was like, that's nowhere near what I said. How do you guys get this? Yeah. <laughs> like, huh? you know, so I mean, maybe something like, my house is red, and then the last person would say, like, my horse is white or something. Like, really, like, un- completely yeah, unrelated, completely you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess horse and house would kind of sound alike, but... But, yeah, it was... So that's what I'm guessing. It's kind of, like, a similar phenomenon to this. Like, maybe somebody came across, like, a colony of cannibals or something, like, in the mountains or in the desert or whatever it was. Yeah. And as the stories got told from person to person, village to village, I think that details started becoming, like, added for effect. Like, oh, yeah, you know, but... I, I, yeah, this this guy told me that he saw a person with with like red eyes and like fangs, big fangs or like claws, whatever. 
so, so that's what I think might have started this whole myth. I mean, if, if we take into account that this, in fact, would be the origin, I mean, according to his article. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think maybe somebody that was cannibalizing a body or something like that, that was kind of like attributed this characteristic. Yeah. So, coming back to our, our cat goddess segment here, and I, I'm going to get a statue of her because she's awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm a cat person, by the way. So, like I mentioned earlier, she was a goddess of war, and she was incredibly into combat and bloodshed and conflict, and she liked people when they were at war. She liked to start conflict. She thrived in it. Damn, toxic. <laughs> so, <laughs> reportedly, she would drink blood in the battlefield of her like, defeated opponents. Wow. And she somehow, be I guess because of the blood connection, became like a goddess for women because it would, like... Relate to the like the like it says here the menstrual cycles and pregnancies. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess they would pray to her for a safe pregnancy or something like that. Uh huh. Maybe. And there's a story that the river Nile turned red at some point. Yeah. And now I guess they explained it with some sort of mineral deposit got disturbed yeah. in the bottom of the and it, it gave the river this color. So of course, a red river. I mean, people are automatically connect to the bible like river of blood. Blood, or to any kind of you know religion or, or myth for that matter so in this case there's a story about that that some people will remember that the river turned red at some point and they thought there was this like horrible omen yeah so by the time the river was flowing and you know several miles in the road it was already kind of starting to get its, its natural color back you know like the clear water color mm -hmm. so people started this myth that segment came down and drank the blood out of the river to keep the river safe wow so, now okay like and i bring that up because there's a duality to this goddess there's like the <laughs> blood thirsty conflict like i want i want everyone to kill themselves or each other yeah person but now when it came to this river of blood i mean she said i guess because to fulfill her own needs of blood i guess but mm -hmm. she ended up saving all these people because nobody knew what this would affect how it affect the crops or how it affect the drinking water for that matter yeah so well i think she was like hey only i can cause destruction and havoc in in these parts of town not the freaking river like go f with somebody else <laughs> <laughs> i run this town that's probably what it was maybe i mean i i think it was kind of like a, a self-fulfilling like desire thing like oh look, look at all this blood let me just drink it all and <laughs> if this is I mean I'm not saying this is a fact what happened but I mean trying to look at her from her perspective if it actually did happen <laughs> yeah it's like look at this bloody river yes and look. yeah and according to what I'm reading here like I said she loves to drink blood so mm -hmm. now there's all, another myth that apparently this goddess was the daughter of the god Ra which I believe is the god of the sun in Egypt or one of the main gods of, mm -hmm. of the sun in Egypt but she became Sekhmet after an incident. Um, what happened is that Ra was disappointed in humanity. Mm -hmm. So he sent forth a flood. Keep that in mind for a couple minutes. Okay. Uh, with his daughter Hathor, which became Sekhmet after she tasted the blood in battle of like, you know, killing all these humans, you know. So mm -hmm. basically, Ra, according to this, sent you know the the flood and, and all these, um, basically causing a lot of conflict. 
Mm-hmm. So people started finding each other, and this is when when his daughter, who was originally named Hathor, after she tasted like battle and she found out that what a wild thrilling was, I guess she got a new name and became a different person or a different goddess, who now became the goddess Sekhmet. Mm-hmm. And this went on for a bit, you know, floods and wars and everything. And then Ra's like, ah, I think I overdid it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, too many people were dying, and there's not going to be any people left to worship us. So, yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> so, guess how he controlled Segment, or how he got her to stop fighting people or killing people for their blood? Turned her to stone. No, this. I mean, after all, Segment was a cat, or a cat. Goddess. Oh, oh. turned her into a cat. <laughs> well, what Ra did in this case, according to this report, is that he got seven thousand jars of beer okay. and used fruit to turn it red, like blood. So basically, he kind of got this beer in like a little stash, whatever, and he's like, "Hey, segment, look at all this blood over here and all these barrels." Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. segment stopped what she was doing, and she went and she drank all the jars, or you know, I guess barrels is a better word, mm-hmm. of beer that looked red like blood, and she got drunk and she passed out. Okay. <laughs> and then, like you know, she was asleep for I guess several years, or I don't know how long, but damn, she... dude, that yeah. hangover afterwards. So... <laughs> I mean, imagine drinking seven thousand barrels of a beer or wine with her. <laughs> Dude, I would never wake up. That's alcohol poisoning. Yeah, so when she woke up, she's like, ah, my head hurts. Eh, well, maybe not that, but but yeah. according to this, she like her her desire to fight was like, yeah, I don't feel like fighting right now. I'm kind of tired. Uh. <laughs> I need to recover for the next thousand years because yeah, for, this... for the next plague or the next uh, apocalypse yeah. or whatever, my, whatever raw sense for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess because. She was the daughter of Ra, who, like I mentioned, is uh, considered to be one of the one of the sun gods. She also was considered a goddess of the sun, in addition to oh. being the goddess of war. Nice. So she has that connection. But how does this connect to vampires? Because allegedly vampires can't be in the sunlight or in the daylight. So. Well, that's not what Akasha said. Uh huh. There you go. And I'm glad you caught that, my friend. So what <laughs> what does Akasha say in the movie? Uh, I don't remember the exact words, but she does say that because she's, like, super strong and she took the blood of the king, which was super strong, has a lot of power, by drinking, by Lestat drinking her blood, now he can be out in the sun. Yeah. She's got, he's got her blood in there now, in him. Yeah, because after they, they meet up, I mean, well, that, that scene in the concert was pretty cool, by the way, when they fight all the vampires. Yeah. And she, like, takes him and flies away to whatever she's at. Mm-hmm. This beach, right? Like, like a beach resort kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It looks pretty cool. Uh, but then, yeah, she drank the blood of the king. And then she drank the blood of, like, 100 people that she has just thrown oh, yeah. all over the beach. Like, all these dead people. So she drank all mm-hmm. this blood. Plus the blood of the king. So I guess, yeah, that gave her the power to walk in sunlight. Mm-hmm. And in turn, Lestat could also do that because he drank of her blood. Yep. So it's kind of interesting how they transmit their abilities to each other by drinking blood, and it's... and knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So after I guess this uh, debacle of you know that that whole flooding and, and I guess that I brought that up because 
I keep bringing or, or saying how different cultures have a similar myths. So the Egyptians had a, a myth about a flood, you know, which of course Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, but I, I, that was the only reason why I connected. I mean, there's no really a, a, a point to this ad. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm going to say right now is that after this whole, you know, catastrophe of like flooding and wars and everything, you know, people killing a lot of people and segment drinking their blood. The Egyptians decided, you know what, we got to find a way to please this goddess so that we don't have a war for a long time, you know, kind of just keep peace in our time, mm -hmm. so to speak. So what do these people do? They decided to start a party. They, they partied it out, dude. Wow. So <laughs> now, according to reports of scholars, you know, from universities and stuff like that, this party or this festival was like legendary. Nice. So it was kind of like, remember when we talked about the Roman festival, Lupercalia? Uh-huh. It's kind of like that. Mine is the whipping, but the whole bunch of drinking and alcohol and people, you know, mating with each other all over the place and kind of like big, uh, yeah. <laughs> Having tons of fun. Having a lot together. of fun. Yeah, together with each other with multiple people. I mean, that's up to, you know, I don't judge anybody. <laughs> But essentially, what they would do is they would start by, you know, of course, having like music and, and all this stuff going on and, and food and drinks, especially drinks. They had a whole bunch of beer and they would do what a, reportedly Ra had done. They would use fruit or whatever to color the beer red. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like symbolizing like them drinking the blood or whatever, like spilling blood and drinking it like she would mm -hmm. do. So <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but <laughs> it's in here. So, I, you know, I guess. It's just here that some historians have compared this to a Girls Gone Wild video. Oh my god. <laughs> so like, wow. How debauchery like induced this was or whatever. Classic. <laughs> I mean, more power to you, ancient Egyptians. More power to you. <laughs> For this. Uh, I, I want to invent a time machine now. Uh, but... Right. <laughs> so... The reason why she was pictured with with a, a feline head or a cat's head in this in this case is because she, or rather the Egyptians, believed that lions or felines in general were the. But I mean, I guess they had more lions than anything. Were mm -hmm. really good hunters, so they portrayed her as having a lion head because they gave her that that perception that she was really good at hunting and at killing and kind of like chasing prey around stuff like that. Yeah. So. That's also because, of course, you know, lions are really vicious killers. I mean, like they, or I guess, you know, mm -hmm. they have like really vicious hunting habits. So they associated that with her. And somehow this got connected with the vampire legend. I mean, this this cat feline goddess that was the goddess of war and reportedly, allegedly, liked to drink mm -hmm. the blood of the fallen soldiers in battle. So what do you think of all this? I mean, what a bad bitch. <laughs> Honestly. I think she's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. She's an idol, for sure. An icon. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. That's one more reason why I should remain a cat person for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... You get the statue, like you said. Yeah, I mean, well... Taking aside the fact that, of course, you know, she was responsible for these, like, frat parties in ancient Egypt, that type of thing. Um, which sounds pretty fun, by the way. Mm -hmm. But she was also kind of like a very strong deity, like a very... She had, a, like, a lot of power. She was really highly respected. Mm -hmm. So, 
I definitely give her a a ten out of ten. <laughs> as as a goddess. Uh, well, not that we've Thanks. ever qualified or rated goddesses or gods, or whatever. But mm -hmm. I think she has a very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she has a very interesting history. Like her her lore is pretty rich. It's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I think I do. Yeah. And the last thing, like I mentioned, I guess in the beginning, is that she has been associated with the horror genre and, horror, and the horror culture. Culture. She's been featured in comic books and in novels as as like a deity that that you know I guess is like an antagonist in these cases. <laughs> but also she has been signaled as having been a very loose inspiration for Akasha in this in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And I, I, I can kind of see it, I guess. I mean, maybe not directly, but when like like when she speaks, she kind of sounds like really like like hissy kind of. Th I mean, not hissy like, but like. Yeah, but also like they do have that one scene where they show what she was like when she was like alive and or not alive but like awake. You know how she was like mm -hmm. pillaging things and shit, and there was fire and screams and death and stuff and um. I guess that could have been like what a war scene would be like for that goddess. Mm -hmm. So I can I can see the connection for sure. Yeah. All right. So any final thoughts, my friend, before we move on to our know that enemy section? Mm, no. I'm pretty impressed by by this uh this goddess. Yes, I like her a lot too. So. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so yeah, so that was our academic segment, and we hope you guys enjoyed that connection to the movie The Queen of the Damned. So we'll be right back after these messages with the No Thine Enemy segment. The world can feel like a pretty hopeless place nowadays. There are about a billion problems in the world, but yet it feels like no one's willing to talk about them. So that's why you should go listen to my new podcast, A Modern Proposal. My name is Parker James, and I'm going to share with you the world's worst problems and some even worse solutions with a guest that's coming in completely cold. You can find A Modern Proposal wherever you get your pods casted. Listen, follow, and be sad. Alright, so we are now at the Know Thine Enemy segment, <laughs> in which Monica and I go a little bit more in-depth about the villain, specifically in whatever movie or show or book we're talking about. So, in this case, Monica, who happens to be the villain? Akasha. Akasha, the queen of the damned. So, according to my trustworthy system of classification that was developed in conjunction with the scientists at the Las Milpas Institute of Technology. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. So she would be classified under intelligent once human because she's a vampire. I mean, she is supernatural, but the difference between these two categories is, ah, <laughs> you go way back to episode one. I, I, if you make it through that episode, kudos to you, I'll give you a medal. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one of the most boring podcast episodes ever of any podcast in the history of podcasting, but if you get to the end, I talk about the system of classification, and <laughs> so the difference between, difference between the spectral demonic supernatural, which would be like ghosts and demons, stuff like that, and an intelligent one's human, is that these creatures were human, but through happenstance, through rituals, through sacrifices, whatever the case was, wizardry, sorcery, witchcraft, became something more than human, but they retained their intelligence, so they're vampires in this case. 
Mm-hmm. So, what is your backstory? Like, uh, do you remember anything from the movie that was mentioned? I know she's one of the original. Like, she's like the mother of all vampires, and that her and her and her husband or her king or whatever used to rule, and then they just started drinking and drinking blood like crazy mm-hmm. until the husband or the the king um, basically lost taste for it. Like he didn't even care for the blood anymore. Like he didn't find pleasure in it. And then she stopped having the desire to drink, I guess, too. So that's why they turned to like statues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's, they don't really say a lot, a lot. I, I still don't remember. No, they don't. That's pretty much all they mentioned. So I had to look into like the lore of the books a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the way that it happened to her in the books, apparently, is that they were doing some sort of ritual and an evil spirit entered her body and that's how she became a vampire. Like there's some... What? Yeah, like some sacrificial ritual or something they were doing and, and back in, in her day in ancient Egypt, according mm-hmm. to, the, to the books. And so this spirit or demon possessed her and that's how she became immortal and a vampire and stuff like that so but talking about the movie strictly then yeah it's kind of like you, what you're saying like she tells a little story of how it was mm-hmm. now what is her main motivation or her main goal to rule the world and have the humans bow to her yeah and the way that she differentiates from the start in this respect because he wants to kind of like maybe not rule the world but he wants to be worshipped yeah. By humans. Now, the difference between both of these characters is that Akasha wants to, like, kill everybody, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, just drink their blood and enjoy all the all the, the pleasure of killing, basically. Yeah. But Lestat wants to be worshipped as, like, a god of, you know, like, people actually, like... He wants to see them, like, screaming his name and, like, calling him out and, like, oh, Lestat, whatever, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, you, like what you said earlier, that has, that's, that is why he became a rock star. Yeah. Because that's one way of, of getting people to adore you, in, in a way. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of her powers or abilities that we see in this movie? Well, she can burst vampires into flames. Mm-hmm. That's one. Um, she can also walk in the daylight. Yeah. She can fly. Uh-huh. I think that's it. And seduce, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you got all of them. Uh, yeah, she can set vampires on fire and stuff like that. And she can walk in the sun, which I think is a pretty scary thing for a vampire to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if, if vampires could walk in the sun, I mean, in, in, the, in the mythological sense, like if they could walk in the sun. Yeah, like, well, they're here to rule the world now. We're screwed. I don't think humanity would have a chance if that was the no, case. definitely not. <laughs> Uh, assuming that you know vampires were real, or whatever. But mm-hmm. so, what about her weakness? Like they mentioned one specific weakness, right? That if you, I mean, if you drink the last blood, I mean, the last drop of blood of her, she dies. Uh huh. Which is with everybody, I think, right? Every vampire is like that. I think so, because when there's a little montage when uh, Lestat was like learning the ways of the vampire, I guess. Mm-hmm. And his master, Marius, tells him, don't drink the last drop because you will be embraced by death or whatever, something like that. Yeah. So, I, I think in her case, though, yeah, like, if, if 
her last drop of blood is, is, is drank, then whoever drinks it will die too. But I think she's only vulnerable when she's letting somebody feed on her. That too. Yeah, that's right. Because in a way, she's kind of like transmitting her power, her knowledge. So she's kind of got her, her guard down. And mm -hmm. this is where I wish that climax in the movie that last was a little bit more in depth or, or that it was portrayed better, I guess, because it kind of feels like people are just standing around waiting for, th for things to happen. Yeah, and that's really annoying. Yeah, like in that last scene, for example, when she shows up with the stud and, and she confronts all like the, the, the council of ancient vampires, whatever. Mm -hmm. He's like, I want to, I want you to kill her, you know, Jesse, the, the librarian babe. Yeah. And so he goes like, like, you know, I, I think her aunt tries to oppose her and she's like, nah, like flicks her away and then everybody just stands around like, okay, like. Like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. So then Lestat apparently kills, kills Jesse or whatever. And then that's when he feeds from Akasha and then all the other ones jump into her. I mean, she does manage to kill a couple of them, right? Yeah. She kills like two. Two or three. And it's kind of funny, but I just remembered the guy that was burning, but kind of didn't, that, that survived because her powers yeah. went up. He kind of looked like a weird bargain bin Leonardo DiCaprio for some reason. Huh. To me. like. <laughs> okay. For a second, I was like, is that Leonardo DiCaprio? But I like, can't be him. <laughs> Dude, I don't know where I've seen that guy, but he looked really familiar. I'm not sure. I, I didn't look into the, the other works of the actors. Yes. But I know that lady, the, the main vampire, or the, not Akasha, but the, the aunt... Yeah. She plays the mom in Insidious. Not Rose Byrne, but the mom of the guy. The other one. Yeah. Oh, that's her? The grandma. Really? Yeah. Mm, that's the same. I think it's the same. It looks like her. I don't think it's her. I think it's somebody else. You think so? Yeah. Well, I shall research this. That's I don't know. Don't be wrong. I thought it was her. Like, I could have sworn that it was her. She looks just like her. I mean, it's like some sort of long-lost twin. Mm-hmm. But, and speaking of actress, I mean, I don't think I remember seeing anybody else in, I mean, except for, for Lestat himself. In mm -hmm. any other movies, I mean, I think because, if I remember correctly, this movie was cast in Australia. Oh, really? Yeah. So, even though it's set in England for the most part, and then like half, like the last part of it is set in America, or whatever, in the U.S. I think that that's why we don't know a lot of the actors because they're mostly from, and we never really see people from over there, over here. Yeah. Unless but... they're like Hugh Jackman or um, what's his name? Yeah. Gladiator, uh, Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah. But I don't know why. So the name Pete, uh, Stuart Townsend. Who's Pete Townsend? Pete Townsend is a guitar player from the... Okay, uh, that, that's what I was getting them confused with. But this guy's Stuart Ta Townsend. Yeah. He and was... he's actually Irish. Is he? Or from Ireland, yeah. I could have sworn he was Australian, too. Mm, I think when I looked him up, it said he was like... An Irish actor or something, or an actor from Ireland. Oh, I never knew that. Mhm. Mm so I'm trying to see what, uh, like, this mystery is, is like bothering me, and I need to find out if it's the lady from the series or not. <laughs> but uh, no, it's not mentioned on here in her page. Huh. I told you, it's not her. So that's weird, huh? Well, I guess I was mistaken then. That's what I get. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, so in conclusion, uh, Akasha can be overpowered <laughs> if somebody is feeding on her, then other vampires can kind of, I guess, sneak up behind her and kind of, like, drink the rest of her blood, too. Like, And, and along with that, 
the blood being drained, then her powers get drained also. Yeah. Huh. True. So, if you had to give an opinion on the Queen of the Damned, what would it be, my friend? I mean... On paper, she seems pretty fucking unstoppable, but she's actually very vulnerable and possibly weak. Because it was kind of easy to defeat her. Like, she was really literally in that room for, like, less than 10 minutes. Yeah. And then she died. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why, I, I mean, I keep saying that, but I, I feel like the, the ending was, like, really anticlimactic. It was, like, not... I, yeah. I kind of expected a bigger battle, or I guess, I don't know, something, but... I mean, not, like, a fighting choreography either, but maybe something more involved. Maybe something, I don't know, something different, I guess. Yeah, I get you. I kind of feel the same. Like, I feel like they could have done a little bit more. Uh-huh. I mean, I would say that she is very mesmerizing and very powerful. I mean, mm -hmm. keeping that aside, I mean, as far as having having that weakness to being fed on and then, like, you know, I will definitely become her king. <laughs> <laughs> In a heartbeat. Yes. I would be like, okay, the world is over. I am here. Ah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, but, I mean, I think if she hadn't been distracted by the stuff she could have really beaten all of them yeah and she would have been pretty much the queen of the world really mm-hmm then she would have been yeah. possibly yeah because imagine that i mean she gets more powerful as she drinks more blood so imagine if she drank the blood of more people like how powerful she would have become yep but then it's like let's not say like what's the point of having a kingdom of corpses that's true and i mean hypothetically, if she just kept drinking and drinking and drinking, she would run out of humans. Like, yeah. she would end up dying, because how is she going to feed? Yeah. It could be like that movie, uh, I, I think we should do that movie at some point, Daybreakers, where they kind of like keep the, the humans in clinics and they farm their blood. Oh, yeah. That movie was intense. Yeah, we, we should do that at some point. At some point. Um, but, yeah. uh, and just to conclude this, before we give the rating for her as the enemy, I wish she had gotten more screen time, dude. I think her screen time was like 10 minutes, maybe, in the whole movie. Yeah, I agree. She has like three or four scenes, and, and I feel like she was underdeveloped in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I know that we're kind of focused on the story of Lestat as, as his, you know, his development as a character. Mm -hmm. But the movie is called Queen of the Dam, not Lestat. True, that's true. And they really just talk about Lestat. Like, it's like, okay, bro, but you're not even in the title. Like... <laughs> Yeah, he kind of hijacked the movie. Yeah, he did. That's another reason why he's this guy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, one more thing. I, I believe this was like an unofficial like, sequel to Interview with a Vampire. I mean, I know it's from yes. the same series of books. Mm -hmm. But it's not really a direct, direct sequel. I mean, some of the characters are, are there. Of course, the star and, and um, the one of, like, the, the Master of Vampires. Mario. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in essence, they don't talk about the character of Brad Pitt. That's that's true. Yeah, they don't talk about the character of the, the therapist, I guess, the, the interviewer. <laughs> but it's still connected to that universe because it's the same characters. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's like an alternate universe mm -hmm. or a different timeline or whatever. But yeah, it could be the same, but just like maybe like a, something else happening at the same time somewhere else. Yeah, maybe that's another possibility. So, my friend, what would be the rating on the scare meter for the Queen of the Dam? How many skulls does she get? 
Mm, I'm gonna go with six. I think you were a seven. Okay, I was gonna say seven, but I went with six. So, <laughs> that would be a uh, 6.5 average on the Spearmeteor, six and a half skulls out of ten. Sweet. Because, definitely she was, I believe, underdeveloped. She could have had mm -hmm. more screen time, she could have had more background, more scenes, a better ending, or a better way to meet her ending, rather. Mm -hmm. True. But I think, barring all of that, she's still a very powerful character, or could have been a really powerful character. Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm giving her a 7. I agree. So, any final thoughts, my friend, before we move on to the worst part of our podcast ever? I just hope that vampires don't exist, because it's kind of scary. Like, I mean, they're cool, in theory, but... Dude, I wouldn't want to be immortal for that. <laughs> Imagine. No, no thank you. Once I'm done, um, if, if I had a chance to, like... Let's say like it was my time to go, and I go, and then they're like, you know, if you want to you come back, we'll we'll reincarnate you, or we're like we'll like wipe your memory, and you'll just go back, and I'll be like, no, I already got a ticket out, dude. I'm, it's time to rest. Like it's good. I'm good. <laughs> that's got that. That's a very interesting topic for another discussion, definitely. But what I'm gonna say to that is that <laughs> I do somehow believe that there is some element to that in our lives. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's right, <laughs> but it's what I believe, and if you don't really agree with me, that's fine, I mean, it's fine, but I say that we have lived our lives many different times, but there have been things that are different, mm -hmm. and that is why we experience deja vu so much. I Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so, I mean, we can talk about this for, for ages, I mean, the whole concept of making a given decision opens up a new timeline you know let's say that before you go to work this morning you put in a blue shirt but what if instead of a blue shirt you put in a red shirt you know that, that's a completely different world so True. that there's there's a theory i forgot what it's called but every decision that we make in our lives opens up a different timeline so that's why there's infinite timelines or whatever in that Damn. theory yeah so that's that's crazy and i i can sympathize with this thought and that's why he went insane because you know just living lives forever like Mm -mm. without having a meaningful connection to anybody until he met Library Bay here. I know. I would have gone to bed, too. <laughs> waited till my, until I found something interesting that I could stay awake for. Yeah, he's like, deuces, I'm taking a nap here. Um, mm. <laughs> Alright, so that was our, again, no, that enemy segment, and we'll be right back with our closing remarks for this episode after this break. Alright Monica, the audience, and myself, Le Sad Face once again, because we are at the ending of our podcast episode, Monica. Wah, wah, wah. Alright, so I want to thank everybody that listened in today, that took some time out of their busy schedules to listen to enjoy our company as you do your daily tasks at work, driving, etc. And if it's the first time you're here, thank you very much. We hope you come back for more. If you are a repeated listener, thank you very much for being part of the EMBL squad. We hope you keep representing. 
Woo! <laughs> so, my friend, do you have any shout-outs this time? Um, as always, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's surprising Twisted Events, rather. Uh, I actually don't have any today either. Oh, interesting. <laughs> because normally, as the week develops, and since we're recording this a little earlier in the week than we normally do, mm -hmm. uh, that's when people, you know, do cool stuff for us and... and leave us nice messages or reviews stuff like that so that's when i have a chance to to give him shout outs but right now i'm trying to think i had somebody send us a message over there uh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah of course i have one i, I was almost forgetting okay. shame on me uh we have <laughs> the people from the superhero think podcast they Ooh. were very generous because they uh, asked for me to kind of help them out with their, their jingles in their podcast Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. And so they, in turn, created a 3D version of our Chupacabra logo. Sweet. Which is awesome. I sent that to you, right? Yes, you did. I saw it. It's pretty cool. Awesome. I am hoping to make either postcards or flyers out of that and just kind of pass them around to people and put them in their cars. Do <laughs> it. <laughs> well, maybe not in the cars because it's kind of annoying, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe kind of like, I guess, like whenever we have an event because, well, I'm not going to say anything else, but if we ever do have an event... Mm -hmm. in which we have people gather, I would just pass them out like candy. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so thank you guys from the Superhero Thing podcast. They actually uh, asked me to help them out with some more stuff uh, after I helped them, so that's cool. Thank you guys. Mm -hmm. You are awesome. We will do that for you. And hopefully you, you like what we do. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so reminder to our listeners, Monica, of our social media accounts. We have our Facebook under... Exploring the myths behind the legends, and we have our Instagram under myths behind LGDS. Our Twitter is myths behind LGDS, and you can also email us at mythsbehindlegends at gmail.com. Alright, so we have our letterbox under myths behind LGDS, in which you can recommend the movie for us to watch. You can start your own profile, start your own kind of like party there with reviewing movies that you like, that you don't like making lists of movies that you like or movies that feature a certain actor or whatever you feel like doing, you can do there. So as long as it's movie-related, you can have fun. Mm -hmm. And our website URL, which is myths-behind-legends.mailchimpsites.com Yes! <laughs> I am definitely going to do that remix for the community at some point. Do it! I want to hear it. <laughs> I shall use my time on that soon. Sweet. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> so, I'll give you a hint for this one. The movie that we're going to do next time, because we're going to do a movie again, mm -hmm. involves cannibalism around the time of the American Civil War. Cannibalism. Okay. I think it's a civil war. Yes, I'm pretty sure it's a civil war. <laughs> it's somewhere like in the Confederate, not the Confederate, but the, the Union Army where this happens. So, mm. yes, I think that pretty much gives it away. But I mean, if my brain is drawing a blank, so you got any final thoughts, my friend, before we say goodbye to our audience for this episode? If you can be a bad bitch, be Akasa. <laughs> Akasha or Sekhmet, the Egyptian... There you go, Akasha, my bad. I butchered it. <laughs> <laughs> or the Egyptian goddess of blood and the sun and everything else, Sekhmet. Yes, oh. that one too. Mm -hmm. I need to find out like a little 
statue of her and kind of just put it in my, my room because she sounds amazing. Do it. Yes. Find somebody who has a 3D printer and just have them print it up for you. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. So, that was our episode for this one time. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I wish you guys a very great morning, evening, late night, uh, vampire goth concert. If you're there, have fun. <laughs> be responsible. Don't let the vampires eat you. And yes. <laughs> All right. Until then, be good to yourself, to everybody around you, and have a good one. Bye, guys.